This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yes, we're at it once again. Thank you for joining with me. And we're together deepening our understanding of these beautiful, so helpful teachings of A Course in Miracles. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we are opening our hearts, opening our minds to be liberated by knowing the truth, living the truth, loving the truth, and being the answered prayer, our own answered prayer. (laughs) So join me, if you will, place your hand on your heart. Oh, let's take that breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful and thankful that we can leave the past behind, that we can let go of that which is false and live in the answered prayer, that our life can be a life of answered prayer. We're opening ourselves to truly know and to Remember to recognize the fullness of love as our true identity. We're grateful to come together, the two or more gathered, in the name and the nature of love for the holy purpose of accepting and an activation in our awareness so that we're no longer interested in the false. We're only interested in that which is real, eternal the infinite love that is our true nature. We are the light of the world, and our holiness blesses the world. So we're increasing our holiness in our own mind so that we can experience what's true. We're sharing the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, and our topic this week is Living the Answered Prayer, and I'm going to be referring to text, chapter 9, section 2, which is entitled The Answer to Prayer, and uh, if you are a new listener, you might not know much about me. I am a science of mind trained prayer practitioner and minister. I got my practitioner training and ministerial training at Agape in Los Angeles. I did nine years of training there, uh, teaching, studying, training, and uh, it was a wonderful experience for me in many ways. And uh, I also found the science of mind teachings could be very intellectual. And I find A Course in Miracles more heart-based, although I certainly feel the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful heart of Ernest Holmes and all his words. Uh, For me, I found myself uh, more in my head until I got to the A Course in Miracles teachings, which I started looking at in 2006, uh, in my final year, uh, final term semester of ministerial school, I finally had time enough to look at A Course in Miracles and the loving heart center of A Course in Miracles has kept me so interested ever since then, and as 
you may know what I'm all about is walking the talk and living the love. And for so many years, studying the science of mind teachings and early days of studying A Course in Miracles, I was getting closer and closer to walking the talk, but still a ways from really living the love. And for me, living the love has been a profound shift. Profound. And I am deeply inspired by the teachings of A Course in Miracles and my own experience of living them, aspiring to really embody them in the way that Jesus talks about when he talks about the teachers of God. That has been so big a blessing in my life. I'm just looking, turning to the manual for teachers now, where in the beginning, where he is talking about who the who are the teachers of God. And um, he says, basically, a teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be. Anyone who has, at any point, seen the, the unity with their brother, their sister. And that is what activates the teacher of God. And that our function as teachers of God is to save time, to help point people to time-saving spiritual practice. And he says here, each one, each teacher of God, saves a thousand years of time as the world judges it. And... What excites me so much and what is my answered prayer is to support people who are interested in recognizing the guru within, the teacher within their own beingness and activating it, answering that call as Jesus talks about it. All are called, he says, but few choose to answer. So my what I'm interested in is supporting people who are choosing to answer. They're willing to answer the call to see their own holiness, to recognize the holiness of their brothers and sisters, and then be the living demonstration of it. And uh, it seems like, oh, that that takes a lot of ego to do that, a lot of hubris to be able to say, I am a teacher of God. But it actually takes great humility to stop thinking that we're not good enough to be teachers of God. If this is what Jesus and our own holiness, that I am presence, have intended for us to be, and we're saying, oh, I'm not good enough to be what I've been designed to be, that is ego. We're saying, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes to be what I'm designed to be. That's basically saying, God has made a mistake. And God has left the building, and so now I'm in charge. And being the one in charge and believing that God has made a mistake about me, that I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough for God, I'm not good enough to be a teacher of God, so I've got to make decisions for myself, and my decision is to hide, to not answer the call, to play small, and to keep perpetuating my belief that people can be not good enough. And uh, as I was sharing this past Sunday in our Sundays with Spirit Sunday service. Please do come and join us sometime. Uh, we just have a wonderful time. This Sunday we've got Netta Boyne uh, doing the music and the talk. It's going to be wonderful. I'll be there. We're going to have a spiritual hoot nanny. That's what I like to call it. 
And of course, it's free. Sundays with Spirit. Sign up on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. And so if we are, I, I was as I was sharing last Sunday, we find ourselves sometimes having accepted labels, other people's labels on us, and we also sometimes place our labels on other people that they're unlovable or that we are unlovable. This is so common. And then that label acts like a spell. So uh, we were looking at forgiving ourselves for having labeled people as unlovable, labeling ourselves as unlovable. And there's just no way that we can condemn our brothers and sisters at the same time that we're seeing the Christ in them. We have to choose one or the other. And what we see in them is what we will see in ourselves. And so truly the answered prayer is that we would stop projecting onto other people and that we would allow ourselves to see and know and feel and hear the truth. So in this section, number two, the answer to prayer, it's in chapter nine. Jesus starts off with, Everyone who ever tried to use prayer to ask for something has experienced what appears to be failure. Everyone who has ever tried to use prayer to ask for something has experienced what appears to be failure. And this is one of the teachings of A Course in Miracles is not to ask for something in the world Because he says to us, ask and it is given because it is already given. So it's already been given to us. God has already given us everything there is to give. God has not held anything back. As I was talking about last Sunday, we are the beloved of the beloved. That's how it's always going to be. And so is everyone else. So no matter what we do, no matter what we have done, no matter what's been done to us, no matter whether we're a pedophile or a rapist or a warmonger or an oligarch, no matter what it is that's going on, we're still the beloved of the beloved. Because in this unholy world, in this unreal world, in this illusion and delusion, we can make whatever choices we like, and it does not go on our permanent record. It will be dissolved. So we can either get to that work right now and save a thousand years' time (laughs) as the world sees it, Or we can prolong it. It's up to us. But if we are not willing to see the Christ in our brothers and sisters, then we won't be able to see it in ourselves. And all humanity is basically on hold waiting for us to wake up and snap out of it. (laughs) Snap out of it. There's the, the um, uh, what do you call it, the prescription. <laughs> the spiritual prescription is snap out of it. So everyone who's ever tried to use prayer to ask for something has experienced what appears to be failure. Why? Because asking God for things is not how it works. Our mind is designed to know and to energize things into being, to magnetize things into our experience through our thinking, not through our asking. Now, I will say that one of the helpful tools that I got from the angels uh, when I first started really studying A Course in Miracles was, and Jesus does talk about the angels in ways that I find are quite helpful, Uh, that the angels taught me, if you don't know what would be helpful to you, ask 
for whatever would be helpful to you. And to me, it's not a thing. So Jesus is saying, anybody who ever uh, tried to use prayer to ask for something, I'm not asking for things. I am saying, I am willing to have insight. I'm willing to have clarity. I'm interested in that. And I'm asking for that insight. That's what I'm asking for. Not for things. Because I know the way to call things things into being is to hold them in my mind, not to ask for them, but to hold, because nothing is being denied to me. My mind is the mind of God. Also, I, I don't tend to ask for things because I don't see things as the answer to anything. So what I'm opening myself to in the answered prayer, to me the answered prayer is that divine direction. It's the removing the scales from my eyes. It's removing the blocks to love from my mind. That is the answered prayer. So he goes on to say here, this is not only true in connection with specific things that might be harmful, but also in connection with requests that are strictly in line with this course. The latter, in particular, might be incorrectly interpreted as proof that the course does not mean what it says. You must remember, however, that the course states, and repeatedly, that its purpose is the escape from fear. Fear is the block to love. So he goes on to say, let us suppose then that what you ask of the Holy Spirit is what you really want, but you're still afraid of it. And I've talked about this before. I think it bears repeating. Uh, so we, we would like a relationship with uh, Spirit. We'd like a relationship with a person, a, a romantic partner. We would like to experience um, great creativity, creative expression, uh, financial flow, these kinds of things. He says, let us suppose then that what you ask of the Holy Spirit is what you really want, but you're still afraid of it. Should this be the case, your attainment of it would no longer be what you want. So if you're afraid of the answered prayer, the answered prayer isn't going to be what you actually want. Because the fear of having what you would like cancels out the, the desire for it. So he says, this is why certain specific forms of healing are not achieved, even when the state of healing is. An individual may ask for physical healing because he is fearful of bodily harm. And how many people have I known where they're asking for physical healing? At the same time, he says here, if he were healed physically, the threat to his thought system might be considerably more fearful to him than its physical expression. So sometimes people are afraid of what the healing would look like. What the healing would look like is now, how am I going to support myself if I go off disability? Because I no longer need the disability because my body, my mind, whatever the disability is, has healed. So I'd like to have the healing, but if I do have the healing, then my income source will go away. I'd like to have the healing, but as long as I don't have the healing, then my spouse is not going to leave me or my parents are not going to abandon me. They are going to take care of me. And But if I'm healed and I'm capable of taking care of myself, they won't wish to provide for me anymore. I'll have to provide for myself I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid I can't do it. I'm afraid I don't know how. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. All kinds of fear kicking in there. You see, so we become afraid of the answered prayer. This is why I don't ask for things. 
I ask for the healing of my mind and the healing of all resistance, all reluctance, all false beliefs, any sense of disconnection or separateness. That's what I'm praying for. A full realization of truth and being able to hold and know the truth for my brothers and sisters. That's what I'm interested in praying for. So, when someone has this underlying fear of the very thing that they'd like, they'd like to be in a committed romantic partnership, and yet they're afraid that if they were, that person would see what a hot mess they are and would reject them. And so, Then they'd be alone all over again, but now they would have had their worst fears confirmed that they're unlovable. So the fear that that is the only way it's going to go, or the likely way it's going to go, keeps them from experiencing the answered prayer. And many people experience the elusive answered prayer because of whatever underlying fear is going on. And so what's happening is people say they're they're requesting healing, they're praying for healing, but they're in their heart they're not. And our prayers are answered according to our heart. And this is what he says in chapter three. Actually, let me back up. This is really beautiful what he says here in paragraph two. So he says, at the same time, if the person were healed physically, the threat to his thought system might be considerably more fearful to him than its physical expression. So again, if we give the example of someone's in a wheelchair, they no longer need the wheelchair um, you know, the blind person can see now if that's the answered prayer, then their whole life is going to change and much more is going to be asked of them and expected of them. And if they feel insecure about that, they might be rejecting the prayer. This is why we have that um, expression from the New Testament of the wilt thou be made whole. Will you really accept it? Will you take up your bed and walk? Will you do it? It means letting go of attachments to the past, which are so debilitating. He says, in this case, he's really not asking for release from fear, but for the removal of a symptom. Catch this, a symptom that he himself selected. So uh, I was having a conversation recently, trying to remember, I, oh, it was in my sacred circle, that's my weekly spiritual counseling call, uh, anyone can sign up for that, it's a, a monthly program, you get four calls a month, you can ask me any question you like, uh, sacred circle, <laughs> and uh Let's see, I actually have a discount code that's just for the folks who listen to the podcast. And if you go to sign up for Sacred Circle and you sign up and use this discount code, SC3333, SC33, um, you will get my monthly program with four calls a month uh, for only $33 a month instead of uh, the usual rate. So it's a huge savings. Uh, and check that out if you're interested. So we were talking about the contract, uh, rather the script. The script is already written. And what does that mean? And what did I think about that? Is it a real script? So here he is saying, 
in this case where the person is more afraid of the answered prayer than dealing with things as they are, the person is not really asking for release from fear, but for the removal of a symptom that he himself selected. And this is something that I have seen so much of over the years, including in my own mind. Many people that come into my programs, Masterful Living, Finding Freedom, Depression, Demolition, all of that, what they're interested in is the removal of the symptoms, more so than the awakening awareness and becoming the healed healer becoming that person who is awake in the dream of separation or awake from the dream of separation. So just wanting to shift the symptoms. But this is where he's talking about that they're interested in the removal of a symptom that he himself selected. And so this points to the script is already written, including... Uh, the symptoms of our difficulties and challenges that are going to push us, the pain is pushing us to wake up. And so we don't want to eliminate the symptoms because that is our wake-up call. We'd like to heal it back to the root cause. That's why my programs are about healing back to the root cause. It's time for me to take a break already. Oh, my gosh. So go to JenniferHadley.com. Look at the events page. See what's coming up. We've got lots of things coming up. And uh, come join me at something live where I can see you. You can see me. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're walking the talk. We're living the love. And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me again, coming back. We're talking about living the answered prayer. That's what I'm interested in. My answered prayer is to live in peace and joy and harmony and prosperity and wholeness and freedom wisdom and clarity and the all good of God all the time. And I have to say that my life, since I've been deeply practicing A Course in Miracles, has really transformed. And I do experience that answered prayer. And that's what I'm interested in sharing with you and everyone else all the time, <laughs> all the time. And that's the thing that we can do. We can stop learning through pain and we can learn, or better said to say, we can remember the truth, that we can stop learning altogether and simply remember what the truth is. And that ignites us. It helps us to wake up. Our willingness is all that's required. So going back to chapter 9, section 2, let's go to paragraph 3, where Jesus begins by saying, the Bible emphasizes that all prayer is answered, and this is indeed true. The very fact that the Holy Spirit has been asked for anything will ensure a response. Yet it is equally certain that no response given by the Holy Spirit will ever be one that would increase fear. It is impossible that the Holy Spirit's answer will not be heard by us, I'll add. It is impossible, however, that it will be lost. There are many answers you have already received, but have not yet heard. I assure you, they are waiting for you. This is why sometimes we have these ahas where we go, oh, now I get it. So the answered prayer has been waiting for us. You could think of it like it's waiting for us in our aura. I remember once reading a book by Doreen Virtue where the angels told her that the the 
these answered prayers, these insights, these ahas hang like ornaments on a Christmas tree waiting to be discovered in our awareness. So they're there for us. It's just a matter or a question of are we willing to accept the truth? So this is why I say that we can discover through remembering, which is so much more fulfilling and beautiful and inspiring than learning through pain. So it's it's up to us how we'd like to roll. And uh, it's so important to understand what Jesus is saying here, that if we're afraid of our answered prayer, if we're afraid of what it is we're asking for, then the prayer of the heart, which is don't give me what I'm asking for, I'm not prepared to experience it. If that's what's going on, then that is what we will be given. We'll be given something to help us release the fear of the answered prayer. Spirit is always working for us, always. And it's also so important to understand what it was what I was talking about right before the break is that if we're in this place of we're asking for something that we are afraid to accept, then our prayer is not about the release of fear. And the, the, the most effective prayer is to know that we are willing to receive support, and it's happening now, to release all fear, all blocks to love. Rather than praying for the removal of symptoms that we ourselves selected to experience in the script. It's hard to imagine that we would have built into our own scripts things that are deeply painful. But you see, that's the thing about the script. The script is so multi-layered. If we're choosing love and choosing love and we're willing and willing and willing to extend love and compassion and to give up grievances and judgments and complaints and everything that constitutes unforgiveness, if we're really willing to practice at that level, then everything just keeps opening up for us and opening up for us. So to me, I've learned not to doubt that what I'm experiencing that I don't like is still answering my prayer and instead of complaining about what I don't like for me to go into my awareness and say let me accept my good now let me accept my healing now that is what I'm asking for I'm asking for assistance in removing the blocks to love so that my life can be simply a life of love So there are many answers we've already received but have not yet heard. Well, to me, I read that and I think, okay, I've received so many answers to my prayers that I've not yet heard. So what do I pray for now? To hear the answers to my prayer. To receive them gratefully, without fear, to share the answered prayer and live in the answered prayer. Jesus says, I assure you, they are waiting for you. What are they waiting for us to be or to do or to know? Willingness. Willingness to receive. He says in paragraph four, if you would know your prayers are answered, never doubt a son of God. Do not question him and do not confound him, for your faith in him is your faith in yourself. This is what I was sharing about on Sundays with Spirit. If we're labeling people as bad and wrong and not good versus their actions and their choices, if we're labeling the people as bad and wrong and not good, then we definitely are wearing that label ourselves because we're one with them. 
And we're not going to be able to liberate our brothers and sisters without liberating ourselves. There's no way to escape (laughs) the way this works because we're one with each other. So, But isn't it wonderful to know that there are many answers we've already received but have not yet heard and that they're waiting for us. They're waiting for us to be willing to receive them. So this is why, for me, so often what I'm praying about is to be receptive to the answered prayer, to fully allow myself to receive it. He goes on, If you would know your prayers are answered, never doubt a son of God. Do not question him and do not confound him, for your faith in him is your faith in yourself. If you would know God and God's answer... Believe in me whose faith in you cannot be shaken. Can you ask of the Holy Spirit truly and doubt your brother? Believe your brother's words are true because of the truth that is in him. You will unite with the truth in him and his words will be true. As you hear him, you will hear me. Listening to truth is the only way you can hear it now and finally know it. The message your brother gives you is up to you. So remember perception and projection. What does he say to you? What would you have him say? Your decision about him determines the message you receive. So for instance, let's say there's a politician that you have a dislike of. Can you see that maybe you don't dislike the politician, but you dislike the politician's choices and personality, but it's possible to love that politician's beingness and to see the Christ in her or him? Are you willing? Because if you're not, you're not going to be willing to see it in yourself either. That's why Jesus says here, your decision about him determines the message you receive. Remember that the Holy Spirit is in him and his voice, the Holy Spirit's voice, speaks to you through him through your brothers and sisters what can so holy a brother tell you except truth but are you listening to it your brother may not know who he is but there is a light in his mind that does know and i'll add here it's our job and it's our destiny to see the light in everyone and to recognize that That is what is real and not the appearance. And when we can do that, it is transformative to our brothers and sisters and ourselves. And this is one of the methods that I teach the spiritual counselors in my certification program. It's one of the methods we use in Master for Living and Finding Freedom to liberate ourselves as well as our brothers and sisters. And it takes great willingness, it truly does, to give up our opinions and judgments about people who are making choices that bug us. But when we can see that the person who is behaving unkindly and unlovingly is actually offering a cry for love and that we have the capacity to answer the cry for love with love and fulfill our destiny and redeem them at the same time it's a whole another it's a whole new world i'm hearing that that disney song it's a whole new world that's right it's the new heaven and the new earth Your brother may not know who he is, but there is a light in his mind that does know. This light, I think of as being the knower who knows, this light can shine into your mind, giving truth 
to his words and making you able to hear them. His words are the Holy Spirit's answer to you. Is your faith in him strong enough to let you hear? So this is such an important message of the course that our brothers and sisters are the answered prayer in our life. We think that they are the bane of our existence, that they are the problem, the cause of our suffering. No, 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 no. They are our answered prayer. He says, you can no more pray for yourself alone than you can find joy for yourself alone. Prayer is the restatement of inclusion directed by the Holy Spirit under the laws of God. Salvation is of your brother. The Holy Spirit extends from your mind to his and answers you. You cannot hear the voice for God in yourself alone because you are not alone. And his answer is only for what you are. You will not know the trust I have in you unless you extend it. You will not trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit or believe that it is for you unless you hear it in others. So another way to say this is to have, give all to all. You will not know the trust I have in you unless you extend it. You will not trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit or believe that it is for you unless you hear it in others. Now, many times one of the errors that people make is they trust their brothers and sisters who are ego-identified. We don't trust the ego. We don't trust other people who are ego-identified. We trust the Spirit in people to rise up and bring the love. That's what we're trusting in. We're trusting in the Spirit, in people's awareness, the wholeness, the magnificence. That's what we're trusting in, not in people's ego-identified personalities. Jesus says, it must be for your brother because it is for you. So he says, you will not trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit or believe that it is for you unless you hear it in others. It must be for your brother because it is for you. Would God have created a voice for you alone? Could you hear the Holy Spirit's answer except as the Spirit answers all of God's sons? Hear of your brother what you would have me hear of you. Hear of your brother what you would have me hear of you. For you would not want me to be deceived. I love you for the truth in you, as God does, Jesus says. Your deceptions may deceive you, but they cannot deceive me. All right. Think of the ways that we try to hide in the mind and deceive ourselves that we're doing things out of love. But no, we're trying to control and manipulate because we think we know what's best so often, right? We think we know what's best and we're actually guilting and shaming people. We don't know. We're deceiving ourselves. So he says, your deceptions may deceive you, but they cannot deceive me. Knowing what you are, I cannot doubt you. I hear only the Holy Spirit in you who speaks to me through you. So the, the nonsense, the mishigas that we sometimes spout, Jesus doesn't even hear it. He says, if you would hear me, hear my brothers, in whom God's voice speaks. So if there's someone in our life that is behaving in a nonsensical way, maybe a mean way, maybe it seems foolish, maybe it seems addictive, compulsive, instead of labeling it 
and thinking that we know what it's about. Instead, we can recognize, oh, cry for love, and I am here to answer the cry for love. Holy Spirit, how am I to answer the cry for love? My, My prayer is that I answer the cry for love by seeing my brothers and sisters as they truly are. By the way, if you've been hearing noises in the background, it's my puppy, Bodhi. She's um, had a bone. She's had a bone to pick with me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. If you would hear me, Jesus says, hear my brothers in whom God's voice speaks. The answer to all prayers lies in them. You will be answered as you hear the answer in everyone. Do not listen to anything else or you will not hear truly. So this is our prayer, to hear correctly, to know correctly, to feel correctly, to see correctly, and to see with God's eyes, not that God has eyes, not to anthropomorphize God, but to see with divine vision. And how do we get to divine vision? Responsibility. Taking responsibility for our projections. That's what it means. I am responsible for what I see. It means I am responsible for my projections. I am responsible for my interpretations and the meaning I make of things. I am responsible for that. Nobody else is responsible for that. If it upsets me, I am responsible for the feelings I would choose. He says, believe in me by believing in them for the sake of what God gave them. So God gave them the light of the world, just as we've been given the light of the world. So let's believe in God in each one of our brothers and sisters. He says, they will answer you if you learn to ask only the truth of them. So think of how many times we play games with people. I really used to do so much of this, and I'm not interested in it anymore. Of asking questions of people to illuminate their insanity. It, I don't have to illuminate their insanity. It's one thing if I'm in a counseling session, but if I'm with a friend with a relative, with someone in a store or wherever I might be. Of course, COVID, I hardly go anywhere right now. But anyway, you know what I mean. Asking questions to expose what I don't like. That, that's a, a manipulative game that we can play. He says, believe in me by believing in them for the sake of what God gave them. They will answer you if you learn to ask only truth of them. Do not ask for blessings without blessing them. For only in this way can you learn how blessed you are. So bless everyone you meet. Bless everyone. That's one of the the frequent prayers I make. Bless, I bless everyone. My holiness blesses the world and everyone in it. Let my holiness bless and bless and bless. Do not ask for blessings without blessing them, for this is the only way you can learn how blessed you are. To have, give all to all. Again, another way of saying that. Do not ask for blessings without blessing them, for only in this way can you learn how blessed you are. So when we're in a situation that feels difficult, that feels challenging, how can I be a blessing here? Spirit, show me. Show me how to share and give and receive the blessings here. That's what I'm interested in. Isn't that a beautiful way to turn around an icky situation? Let me be a blessing here. But if we're in an icky situation that we're blaming on somebody else, 
right? So we're not taking responsibility. We're blaming somebody else. We're not going to experience the blessing because we're going to be thinking, this is bad, this is wrong, this should be different, and I'm blaming that monkey over there for it. This is nothing to do with me. I am innocent, and they are wrong and bad. And that is a traditional way that most people tend to approach things. That is the standard ego experience. We don't have to participate anymore. He says, by following this way, you are seeking the truth in you. When we're we're looking to see how blessed we are. This is not going beyond yourself, but toward yourself. Hear only God's answer in every person, and you are answered. So what I love in this is that the, the clear message is the answer prayer has already been given. It's always given. It's never withheld. It's always given. Spirit is infinite givingness. But if the answered prayer is at a vibration of a consciousness or an awareness that we are not at, we will not receive the highest and best answered prayer. We will receive the highest and best that we are willing to hear, that we can hear. So one of the things I teach when I teach prayer is grateful, 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 be grateful. One of the things you can know if you listen to my daily prayers, I record a prayer every day, I've been doing it since 2007. There's a podcast. You can look for the podcast. It's called Prayer for Today. You can sign up for my daily shot of spiritual espresso, which will send you an email with a link to the answered prayer and some spiritual inspiration writing that I do every day that goes along with the prayer. So prayer, prayer, prayer. In all my prayers, I am so, so grateful for things as they are. I'm grateful to know the truth. I'm grateful to share, to accept, to appreciate to know, and that gratitude lifts my vibration so I can hear and know and feel and see more clearly what the truth is. And that assists me in receiving the answered prayer. In Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, one of the things that people tell me all the time is, you taught me to pray, and that has transformed my life. And prayer has transformed my life. So I'd love to share that. I'm Jennifer Hadley. I love to pray. I'm going to pray right now. I'm grateful and thankful for the love of God that shines in our mind forever. We are already perfect, whole, and complete, and we are grateful to know it's so, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Mwah.